0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome uh, to another one of our sessions in OGEN's uh, 2021 Summer Law Institute webinar series. Thank you for joining us. Um, today's session is going to be about new resources and programs that OGEN has on offer for the 21-22 the school year. Uh, my name is Nat Paul. I am the Director of Educator Support for OGEN. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to uh, be joined by my colleagues and partners in in well in crime, uh, uh, Christy Pagnuti uh, and Michelle Thompson. Um, I'm just going to go through a little bit of uh, of business before we get started. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> I guess uh, <clears throat> a few things into sort of housekeeping. Um, if people have been attending last week or through this week, you'll be familiar with this stuff. So uh, if we have any links, we're gonna be posting them in chat and you'll find them there. Um, If you have questions or comments, you should feel free to use the chat function or the Q and A function. Uh, You can post them there and we will come to them. I think we're probably going to be leaving most questions till the end, but if we see anything that looks particularly urgent, uh, we can address it uh, right off the bat. Um, This presentation is being recorded, Uh, we will post the video and any related materials quite quickly, it's usually been something that we've been able to do within a day or two. Um, So we really, really value your feedback. Uh, We are going to put a link to a very brief survey in chat and would ask uh, that if you take a minute to complete it so that we can sort of direct our programming and get a sense of what it is that folks uh, really want the most from us. Um, and then lastly, uh, I just want to thank everybody else who's been a part of this. So uh, apart from, uh, from Michelle and Christy, uh, we've got uh, a- a- amazing support from Rara Sazara and Zoe Paddock and Hannah Kaplan and Bryn Rieger and everybody else who has sort of been part of this uh, of this session. Um, we'll do a land acknowledgement. Uh, most of us, uh, not all of us, but most of us uh, uh, on OGEN staff are in Toronto. Uh, which is of course part of the original territory and the Mississauga of the new credit, Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, Wendat and Huron peoples who are the original occupants of this area. Having said this, I sometimes worry that the way land acknowledgements refer to sort of original inhabitants and traditional stewardship and so forth might have a sort of unintended consequence of allowing us to view colonialism as a thing of the past. In fact, Toronto, like Ontario and like Canada, remains home to uh, a diverse and contemporary Indigenous population. This land that we acknowledge was never empty, at least not to settlers. And part of the point of the acknowledgement is to insist on recognizing the human presence that persists despite an ongoing campaign of erasure. Erasure has occurred through impoverishment and indeed through both the justice and education systems. And in the case of schools, This summer should remind us that the past literally refuses to stay buried. Uh, Acknowledgements often conclude with a call to make things right. Uh, As educators, we have a unique opportunity to do so. Uh, And one way we can do is to simply encourage students to think about what it is that we're acknowledging really and why it matters. Uh, Help them to see that it's not about repeated stagings of performative personal guilt. Uh, But rather about standing up for basic principles like fairness and truth, so that all of our relations and communities and institutions can thrive. And so with that, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, Let me pull up what we've got here. All right, so we're going to start with new resources uh, from Ojen, we're going to run through the courtrooms and classroom stuff, uh, then new classroom resources, some exciting things that are happening in French, some exciting things that are happening with respect to new ways that you can get people into your classroom. And then some professional development stuff that we have going on for teachers. Thank you. So we'll start with courtrooms and classrooms. Thanks, Michelle. All right, so Two of the things that have uh, become sort of a mainstay of OGEN programming are, of course, classroom visits and courthouse visits. Now, the pandemic has cast a long shadow over both of these things, Um, but we are still very much in a position now to be doing classroom visits. Many of you in the last year took advantage of the virtual classroom visits program, and this is still up and rolling. Uh, It's actually been very effective and uh, not to speak of silver linings, but it has been nice that it's easier to get people into classrooms via via virtual visitation. It actually works much m- much better in some respects. Uh, so that's been one of the things that we're finding. Having said that, um, the state of things is still indetermined with respect to what school policies and things are so where it's available and where there is agreement between uh, a visitor and uh, an institution or a school board uh, we do have the possibility of doing in-person visits again um, and we are absolutely open to having folks talk to us about what they want so uh, Christy has put a link there that is where you can go to request a visitor to come to your school either in person or virtually. Uh, Courthouse visits really, really did take a hit um, this year. And of course, this was because the courts, while still technically adhering to the open court principle, it was simply not feasible to have the public accessing courts uh, during the pandemic. Uh, Ontario courts are still advising the public not to attend. Um, But there has been an effort to open attendance to to or to open it to virtual attendance in some sites. So I know for sure that this is a thing which has happened uh, quite effectively in Hamilton, um, in Halton region uh, and in a few other places. I do have uh, uh, meetings coming up next week with court operations in Toronto. And we'll be talking about what uh, to expect in terms of school visits in the Toronto locations at that point. So please continue to watch this space. We will absolutely keep you informed. And whenever there are opportunities to do something in terms of a virtual visit, we'd like to be able to offer that and advertise that as well. Uh, What do we have next? All right, so we can move on to programs that we're looking at. So uh, the charter challenge uh, has been running. It's been one of the things which has actually been less affected by the pandemic because so much of it is actually just based on work which is done, you know, independently or in classrooms, but it's translated fairly well. Uh, We've had great participation and we're launching another program. This fall, we are going to be using the the material that was used uh, in the Wilson Moot last year, which is, of course, a nationwide uh, moot competition for law students. So it's really, really high level stuff that students will work with. This is a very interesting question. Uh, So the question we're looking at here is, does a bail condition that limits drinking for a person with alcoholism infringe on equality rights based on disability? So uh, addiction is recognized as a form of disability in all kinds of human rights legislation. And it has become something which is quite an interesting uh, legal question. So we are engaging here with uh, section 15, which is of course the equality provision The charter, and then Section 11E, which uh, guarantees the right to reasonable bail. And if a, so the question there is is a bail condition uh, that an alcoholic, not drink in a particular way, uh, a reasonable bail condition. Uh, And then because it's a matter of legislation that provides that, we also have an OAKS test to run with that. So that should be exciting. And we will probably be opening registration for that in the first week of September. And typically we distribute materials for that in the first or second week of October. So there's that all right so the next thing we have coming up is the fall 2021 twitter moot thank you uh christy for the uh for the link there um we ran twitter moots uh, a couple of times last year they were very popular and they were a blast they were really fun uh we we the staff actually enjoy them i think probably more than the students do we we all sort of sit around and, and take turns you know uh responding and 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 forwarding and you know retweeting and stuff like that but it's really really fun um, we uh, sort of acknowledge as well that it's the Hamilton committee that first came up with this idea. So uh, folks at HGen, thank you for that. Um, now, we have a few different topics, and I'm hoping to hear back from some of you on this one, because you know, we really we haven't been able to decide. They're all quite good, I think. So question one, uh, You know, uh, does an individual who willi- willingly engages in consensual sexual activity over video chat have a reasonable expectation of privacy in that? And what would that mean? What does that look like? All right There's an interesting one uh folks who saw uh the presentation from justice for children and youth uh, may recall a reference uh, that was made in some conversation of this banking case there so uh another possibility uh is that we really we revisit the legality of corporal punishment or what is called correction correction of child by force uh, in Canada. Now, this is a, this has been the law for quite a while. Uh, this is more of a sort of, a, of a, a moral social policy debate, I think, at this point. Um, but that would be an interesting one to do as well. And lastly, um, many teachers may have taught uh, around the defense of automatism with respect to intoxication if you've done stuff in law teaching. And that law uh, did not change uh, for a very long time, except then it did. Uh, and so it's quite a specific, uh, it's quite a specific set of circumstances that has been laid out. But there is uh, a decision from the Court of Appeal for Ontario from I believe late 2019 or early 2020, um, <clears throat> which has sort of modified how that looks. And it's quite specific, um, but it does raise it uh, as an open, as an open area and an open question in the law. So should individuals be held criminally responsible when they commit violent acts while in a self-induced? state of intoxication. So how does your, um, how does the, the, you know, the fact that you, you were willingly uh, intoxicated impact uh, culpability in the legal sense? So uh, we'd love to hear what your ideas are. We're going to do one in the spring too. So we're certainly going to get two out of three, but we keep having lots of good ideas. And we'd love to hear from you on what you think would be most engaging and fun for your students. All right okay uh and thank you uh, the the next thing is the big one uh this is the uh the double O C M T or the oba A O Gen competitive mock trial Uh, Last year, uh, we were so pleased to have great participation from around the province. Um, This is, of course, the provincial mock trial that has local competitions across Ontario. Again, because of the pandemic, uh, this ended up being all done via Zoom. It worked marvelously with great support from uh, from court staff all over the place. Um, because of the structure of it, uh, last year, we had a province-wide competition as well as local competitions. And we're not exactly sure what, uh, what the circumstances we're going to be dealing with are this year, but we have left that open as a possibility as well. In fact, many teachers told us that they really, really appreciated the province-wide competition and the opportunity to participate virtually. So this will be a, a criminal law scenario which deals with assault. Um, the format, uh, again, pandemic pending, which is a good term that somebody taught me the other day, um, but we will be offering both the competitive uh, and the alternative option. The alternative option, of course, being where we had uh, people simply recording, opening and closing statements in respect to the facts that were presented and having feedback uh, from, a, from a team of volunteer lawyers. So we hope that uh, by covering all of these bases, we've made it as accessible as possible. We. Anticipate it being a virtual format, again, and that's what we're planning for. But uh, in the event that, you know, things change dramatically, uh, we have left enough time that we can still modify to uh, to, um, uh, you know, an in person format. And we'll open up registration in early December, as we normally do. Okay. Uh, So that is sort of the slate of programs, at least for the fall, uh, that are coming out of educator support. I'm going to talk now about some things that are going on in the world of resource production. So uh, many folks will have uh, some familiarity at this point with the Steps to Justice workshops. Their purpose is to use the Steps to Justice website, which is a wonderful resource maintained by uh, Community Legal Education Ontario, um, which is just there to actually walk people through the quote unquote steps associated with a variety of sort of common legal processes. So they're organized uh, into topical areas. Uh, So there's steps to justice workshops and and resources on criminal law, on family law, on debt, on just about everything you can imagine. And they're constantly adding new things. Uh, Education law is one of the things that's up there now. And that's one of the ones that we're certainly going to work on in the future. Um, One of the things uh, that we have done uh, over the last year is we've been converting our workshops that were designed for in-person delivery into a format which is more conducive to virtual delivery. Um, So uh, with respect to the virtual uh, delivery, we have uh, available now uh, workshops on debt and consumer rights, on employment law, on family law and on housing in the Residential Tendencies Act. These are very popular ones. Uh, and so these are the ones that we that we started with, but we're continuing to roll them out. Um, in addition to adding to the to the uh, to the, the web version or the uh, the online version of this, we do have uh, new materials that are coming out. Uh, we're looking at refugee law and we're looking at courts and tribunals, and those should be coming out uh, in the fall as well. And we have the top five uh, of 2020. So this is a very popular resource. Many of you will remember Justice Sosson speaking about this last year. Uh, We have the new version of the the 2021 top five will be a webinar, which uh, I hope many of you will attend on Thursday, uh, this is, of course, being hosted by uh, Professor Sonia Lawrence of Osgoode Hall, who is absolutely a firecracker uh, with respect to her uh, with respect to her understanding of, uh, of of the law and jurisprudence. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, we're very excited to have uh, Professor Lawrence with us. Uh, the top five for 2020 were. Uh, <coughs> Uh, rv williams which was a, uh, which is a which is a really interesting case dealing with uh, police entrapment over uh, over the phone uh, in a dial-a-dope operation um uber technologies versus heller which is actually my personal favorite uh, of the top five here because it really sort of starts to take on these standard form contracts like everybody will know that you will all have experience sort of clicking here in one place to agree to all of the terms that are in a contract, and so here the court really examines whether that's a reasonable kind of contract, whether that's a fair contract, and at one point, of course, concludes that uh, it, that it's 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 what is called unconscionable uh, at law. It's it's entirely unreasonable to expect that anybody could um, would uh, would rationally uh, agree to all of the terms that are set out there, and uh, you know it engages with Uber Eats, which is fun. So I enjoyed that one. Nevson uh, versus Araya is another interesting one that has to do with accountability, this time uh, basically whether, uh, whether um, Ontario law or international law should apply in respect of, uh, of uh, workers' rights um, who are working for an Ontario company, uh, but in Eritrea, uh, so uh, that is also interesting. Vavilov uh, is the one that uh, probably got the most play. It is the, uh, the young man who, um, real, who kind of woke up one day to realize that he was the child of spies uh, and uh, believed that he was a Canadian citizen. Um, Citizenship Canada disputed that, and this is about how that shook out, quite interesting. And then, uh, of course, uh, everybody, uh, you know, these days, <laughs> genetic non-discrimination and so forth is always going to be a hot topic in health law. So this is a reference from the Supreme Court on that. Uh, and those are uh, those will be up on the website within uh, a week, I would say. Okay, so another big one. Um, many of you will know and and actually many people who will see this uh, were participants in this project, because of course, we had a lot of help from teachers, that we've been in a, in a long collaboration with the Ontario Human Rights Commission to develop a resource, um, which is a very hands-on resource dealing with human rights in Ontario. So domestic human rights, not the international sense of human rights or the sort of, you know, the broad ones, but the really practical ones that engage with things like the workplace uh, and um you know and contracts and, and all of these sorts of everyday places that we encounter issues with human rights that are not matters of criminal law. Um, So this has been something which is designed for civics. uh, So it corresponds directly to the civics curriculum. uh, Although uh, my argument would be that it's uh, certainly valuable for the law classes and any sort of social science classes as well, where you want to learn about actual processes that lead to or should lead to social and or structural justice. So it's major, uh, major collaboration. What's exciting about this uh, is that it's designed to be equally, um, well, it's actually designed primarily as an online resource. So it is intended as something which is delivered virtually. We have built it in such a way that it can also be delivered in person, but the intention has been for the remote learner. So that will be there. Um, The real emphasis here, again, is on the practical parts of things. It's on learning about human rights and how to access them. Uh, So it is less esoteric and more practical, uh, for sure, than some of what we've done in the past. Let's see the next slide, please. Okay. So we'll do a quick little run through of what's actually in it. Um, I'm going to take a drink of water first because my mouth is getting dry. All right. So uh, these are intended to be modular um, so that you can do them as one offs or you can do them in a cumulative kind of way. Uh, We think that depending on how you do it, this is something that could be as simple as uh, one or two lessons in a class, but you could also build it up to, to, to make yourself a week and a half, two week unit on human rights in Ontario if you wanted to. So we begin with uh, some sort of fundamental concepts. This is understanding prejudice, stereotypes, discrimination. Many students will have some familiarity with these terms, but it is helpful to review them so that we have a, you know, a shared ground to move forward on as we do. Module two considers the human rights code, uh, which, is the, which is the law in Ontario. Uh, It uh, looks at the types and the grounds of discrimination and it also lays out the context of discrimination because not every area, of course, that we interact with each other is protected in that sense, but some are. Uh, Module three uh, looks at Ontario's human rights system. You may have heard of the three pillars that constitute that system. So we look at what all of the different organizations do and we start to learn about how you make a claim. This actually, again, throws back to the Steps to Justice website. So they have great resources on human rights and how you do those claims. So we've integrated Steps to Justice material into module three. And then module four, uh, we are working with uh, real scenarios and we have provided all kinds of uh, scaffolding and graphic organizers and things like that to have students work up uh, actual miniature cases and miniature arguments uh, intended to be done as a sort of a round robin in 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 a simple sort of eight to ten minutes per hearing classroom context uh, they're fun cases. They're interesting. They're not too complicated, um, but they're, uh, there's also lots of opportunity for peer and self-evaluation. Uh, and then just to round things out, because it's a civics class, uh, this isn't on the slide, but we've also included uh, a praxis project uh, so that at any point and with any of these modules, there is an opportunity for students to build something along the lines of an awareness campaign or something for their school or something very simple um, where they can uh, propose design or if they wish to and you wish to actually carry out uh, something uh, which which encourages civic engagement as per the requirements of the course. All right, What's next? Okay. Uh, this is one that I'm actually very excited about. It's been a while since we've done uh, a new mock hearing that's been that's been fully fleshed out and in keeping with our focus on human rights uh the one that we have available uh now and again up on the website within uh, within a week or so uh is a mock hearing uh called jaffer versus the newcomers can center this is a human rights tribunal of ontario mock hearing so we have uh it's the intersection of employment law Uh, with possible infringements on, so we've mentioned the social grounds and the the social categories. So, of course, the workplace is one of the protected uh, social areas. And the grounds in question are ancestry, place of origin, religion, and gender. Uh, So uh, we have a complaint arising around... um, uh, around a criticism of traditional clothing and whether that uh, whether that is consistent with a workplace dress code. and then some disciplinary action which is taken in respect of that. And uh, so uh, and then we have, you know, as as people will know who have used these resources before we go through a fact scenario. We have all of the relevant law in place, all of the relevant forms that are there. Uh, we also have blank versions of those if you wish to have students practice filling out forms and things like that. Um, and then, uh, uh, of course, witness uh, witness sheets and and facts to to help prepare both lawyers and or students who are playing the role of lawyers and students who are playing the roles of witnesses uh, to stage a mock trial. And uh, just circling back, this is, of course, very much the kind of thing that uh, we would be absolutely happy, able to provide uh, human rights lawyers to come and help with coaching or judging or any of those kinds of things.
1: What's up next?
0: Okay, so uh, we've done some work with uh, French language stuff, uh, and I think actually Michelle is going to speak to this first.
1: Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, It's great to be here. So I want to highlight a couple of things that we've launched in the last few months or the last year um, that are available in French. And there's a there's a couple of specifically high multimedia, high engagement items that previously were only available in English. And so you've probably heard us talk about these before if you tune into a lot of Ogen's programming. Uh, But we wanted to circle back and let you know that these are now Francophone friendly. So The first is Art in the Courts, uh, which is available at artinthecourts.ca. This is a site that we undertook in partnership with Osgoode Hall and the McMurtry Gardens of Justice and the Law Foundation of Ontario to build a suite of virtual tours for the grounds around Osgoode Hall, which includes the Ontario Court of Appeal, the Great Library, which you can see pictured at the bottom right there, and the McMurtry Gardens of Justice, which is a beautiful law-themed sculpture garden that sits just north of Osgoode Hall between Osgoode and the uh, Superior Court of Justice on University Street in Toronto. So this is really lovely. It features uh, really good, high-quality photography, um, some sort of uh, hotspot. Click for more information systems that will be familiar to you if you've ever done a self-guided tour at the AGO or the ROM or, or any sorts of tourist destinations like that. And what we've really tried to do here is integrate a good mix of interesting historical and artistic uh, commentary and content with some real legal fundamentals. So, if you look at the um, the Osgood Hall tour in the Court of Appeals section, we're profiling a Court of Appeal. Uh, courtroom and actually talking a little bit about how the appellate process works. How is it different from a trial level court? How are things laid out as well as like, what's the the beauty and history of this space? Likewise, the uh, McMurtry Gardens of Justice tour, a lot of the sculptures that you can move from, you know, one to one to one are themed around really uh, important and fundamental charter rights, foundational concepts in Canadian law, things like rule of law, Um, the right to equality, freedom of religion, access to justice, things that can also serve as a really uh, good, vivid introduction to those concepts um, for your class. So uh, if you are someone who runs a law or civics class in French, take a moment to check that out. Likewise, you've probably heard me talk before about the access to justice game. This is uh, one of our favorite resources that Rather than focus, being focused on a particular area of law and the technicalities of that, it's trying to get students to look at um, the environment of legal services provision, particularly with a focus on free and low cost legal service providers and how those add up to build a picture of access to justice and actionable rights for most people in Ontario. So this is one that we've now launched in French, Uh, Forgive this pronunciation that's coming at you right now. Access à la justice, le jeu de rôle. Um, It is up. It's all in French. It's the exact same content as we have in English, um, just translated. So this is a um, sort of a role-playing point-and-click text adventure game with beautiful pixel art and animated environments that replicate real-world supports that people in Ontario have. It's a great way for your students to learn about Legal Aid Ontario, community legal clinics, um, operations that work out of community centers, what services are at a courthouse, what services are at the Landlord and Tenant Board, and also to build up a bigger picture of of what it's like to be trying to get legal assistance and actually get your case in the door of the formal legal system as someone with a common legal problem and who's not coming from, you know, sort of a very upper-class background. So that's a great one that we're really, really pleased to be able to offer in both languages. And Matt. Hey. <laughs> that's
0: right. Uh, no, I, th- I think you pronounced that beautifully, Michelle. Very, very nice. Um, so also in French, uh, some folks will uh, will will know that last year was an exciting year for us. Um, was the first time we were really able to run uh, an exclusively French language version of the Charter Challenge. So it's the Défi de la Charte. Um, uh, this is uh, something which has been made possible because of funding from Heritage Canada, uh, and it is, uh, it is a program which is run by my colleague Thomas Galazot. Um, so this was very exciting. Uh, we initially intended it and imagined it to be an Ontario wide thing. In fact. Uh, This accidentally may become OGEN's first nationwide program uh, because we had participation from Francophone schools in the East Coast, in Quebec, uh, in, I believe, Manitoba, uh, in, in, uh, in interesting places like that. So we will be running this again. I'm afraid I can't say what the scenario is at this time because it hasn't been determined, but this will be something which is um, available starting in the late fall uh, and typically something which uh, engages teachers and students for a good chunk of time, uh, say sort of December to April, May kind of thing. Um, uh, one of the distinguishing features uh, of this one is that there are actually prizes uh, at the end of it so this year we were very happy to be able to award uh, via train vouchers for anywhere in Canada to a couple of students who really just did an exceptional job uh, and came and argued and for folks who were interested in working in French you can actually find uh, that um, that hearing the, the students arguing uh, in, in French uh, as part of it's on our YouTube channel where this will also eventually be. Um, so that is coming up. Um, it's uh, something that we are very excited to be able to offer in French and as part of the sort of ongoing expansion of what we are trying to do with teachers and students who are working and learning uh, in French. Uh, so we will this year as well be making more professional development opportunity uh, opportunities available for those teachers. Uh, please, uh, if you are or if you know a teacher uh, of law or social science or civics who's working in French, please get in touch with us. It would really be our pleasure to come and look at uh, some of what we can do and some of what the really most effective resources and programs that we have um, available for, for you folks is.
1: Um, So we have a couple of new programs that are actually about bringing uh, people from the justice system into your classroom. So, of course, this is separate from your ability to request a speaker from us using the website on any topic in any area to do kind of whatever you would like. Um, These are a couple of focus programs that we have people trained and ready to go on uh, that are new to OGEN and we hope will be really useful to you. So the first is hearkening back to uh, the Steps to Justice workshops that Nat was talking about earlier and that he profiled. This summer, we actually launched a program to get a whole bunch of lawyer volunteers trained and ready to run those programs in your class with your students. So um, we have uh, lawyers from all across Ontario who are familiar with the structure and who are practicing um, they practice in in all different areas, so that it may not be a one to one match of you know uh, them practicing in the area that that you would like a steps to justice workshop in. But broadly, you have someone who can you know come in and answer careersy questions from your students, and also who can do basically an introductory class session with your students that both introduces the fundamentals of an area of law and also some simple legal research skills using the Steps to Justice website. So they are ready to go. Um, There's, as you guys know, a huge range of topics that the Steps to Justice workshops can address. Things like housing law, employment, family debt and consumer. These are the ones that Nat suggested. The full list is available at the link that we've posted there. So if you are interested in having a lawyer come and do this with your students, um, you can either just use the classroom visit request form and just put, would like a lawyer steps to justice workshop, or you can email us directly at info at ogen.ca and we can take it from there and get it figured out. Um, again, in the, in for so long as we are working primarily online, uh, we have pretty broad availability and flexibility in, in the sort of matching process. Um, as we transition a little bit into in-person things, um, we'll make sure that there are people available in your locality who can get to your class, but for now at least, it's quite, it's quite simple and they're ready to go. So if this is useful to you, please go ahead and reach out to us. And similarly, some of you may have heard us talking about our Justice Education Fellowship. So this is um, a program that we launched, I think six years ago now, where we essentially uh, interview and recruit upper year law students. And we now have them from every law school in Ontario who get intensively trained by OGEN who show particular skills in the area of public legal education and who work with us over the course of an entire year to plan and deliver public legal education work in the area of their school. Um, So we're a little bit more flexible with the geography this year because of so many things being online. So this year for the first time, we can issue a sort of broad call out to any teachers who are interested in having, Uh, a law student or a couple of law students come and run a program with your class and with your students, We can probably meet that demand, even if you're outside of the traditional areas where they can operate. So we have students who are local to Thunder Bay, Ottawa, Kingston, London, Windsor, and the GTA. That's where the law schools are. Um, But again, broadly available online anywhere right now. So By default, the uh, programs that the fellows are sort of prepped and ready to deliver are uh, mock hearings. Uh, They can come in and help with coaching criminal law hearings, the the new human rights mock hearing, housing mock hearings. Um, They can do the steps to justice workshops we've talked about. They also have a program called My Journey to a Career in Law, where they will bring in three or four uh, working legal professionals who have had interesting and unusual paths to law. And it's really about profiling all the different ways that you can end up working in the legal system. Um, The diversity of the profession is really on display there. And they're really good careers type programming. Um, And they can run the Access to Justice game, which I spoke about earlier and is now available in French. Um, So they can do that as a one or two class program where they'll do some introductory content on access to justice, run the game with your students, do a little bit of debriefing and leave behind some resources. Um, So they are also ready to go and hit the ground running as of September. If any of this sounds good to you, again, you can just use the classroom visit form or email us at info at ogen.ca. And just let us know that you're interested in having a law student or a justice education fellow uh, be involved with with your class
0: all right so we're going to speak a little bit about professional development now um so i mean the one of the one of the biggest parts of this of course is the uh is webinars like this um can we have the next slide there we go so uh i i I think many folks joined us through the school year uh we had a a a great webinar series uh particularly in the in the last half of the of, of the school year so we're going to be doing this again um the best way to stay on top of this stuff is either to follow us on twitter or to sign up for ogen uh, updates which you can do through the website if your experience is like mine, every single time you go to the website, you will be invited to sign up for uh, updates from Ogen. Uh, so I think that that's very easy to do. Uh, so we will be continuing to announce these and then you can also see the link where we do that. Uh, so that will continue all through the year. Uh, one of the ideas that we're working on right now and trying to get staff for, or rather trying to get speakers for, is uh, something around young people and uh, the law uh, governing content creators. So basically, every single one of your high school students who thinks that they're gonna be a YouTuber, uh, we'd like to know what the law behind that is and how that actually works and how all of that is structured. So that's something that we're hoping to put on very soon. Um, And then of course, uh, you will also be able to access all of these webinars that we're doing now and uh, all of the ones that are archived, uh, everything there uh, through the the webinar archive or the YouTube channel. uh, And you see the links for both of those are, are right up there or?
1: (laughs) Forgive the drama. Um, We are for the first time launching uh, an audio only feed of recordings of our professional development webinars for teachers. So, you know, uh, some of us really like and need to be able to look at visuals, to see people talking, to look at PowerPoints, Um, but sometimes you would rather do your professional development while cooking dinner or doing dishes or commuting to work. And so we have now launched uh, the Ontario Justice Education Network Teacher Professional Development Series, which is formatted as a podcast. You can find it in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, essentially whatever app you're already using to listen to podcasts. If you search for this title, you'll see us and you can subscribe. So It's uh, the exact same audio from all of our webinars. It's available to you at any time on your own schedule. It'll update automatically in exactly the way a podcast would. So if we have a new webinar coming out within a couple of days after that, we'll probably have an audio feed up and you'll just see, oh, there's something new coming in from Ogen. Um, I'm happy to say that the content as of right now includes Summer Law Institute 2021, Um, Up until last Friday, all of last week's sessions are there for you now. I think the oldest content that's available is SLI 2020. So we have last year's SLI programming and all of the webinars that we did in between, more or less. And um, all the ones that we've done so far this year. And within probably by the end of the week, we'll have the 2021 content up there too. So we hope this is going to give you another easy, convenient flexible way to integrate some of the PD offerings that we have available uh, into your your busy schedule. Um, So please go ahead and check that out. There'll be links on the website as well. And I think that's substantially it. Um, I know Nat and I are both uh, happy to take any questions or comments about um, everything that we've profiled here. I know it was a little bit of a whirlwind as you can see, I think it has been a productive year for OGEN, you know, despite the challenges of the pandemic and everything that, that we've all been facing together. Um, and so I hope some of this is going to be useful to you and, and be put to work in your classrooms. Oh thanks, Estelle.
0: Just uh, w- while I while I have the or while we have your attention here, I also just want to put in a plug for the Hux Kiteley Award. Uh, so this is something that um, we give every year uh, to an exemplary educator uh, in, in in justice education, uh, and it's named for uh, Alan Hux uh, and uh, Justice uh, Frank Kiteley, who were our sort of original um, who well, who who were, were former board members and who were the originators of this award. Uh, and they really really take it very seriously. Um, They are very committed to it. And I'm very happy to let everybody know that the recipient of this year's award uh, is Kim Wilson from the Halton region. Um, anybody who uh, who has crossed paths with Kim um, has been uh, affected in a positive way by her attitude and her commitment to teaching. Um, uh, she's been exemplary. Uh, she's been an exemplary, exemplary educator. Uh, one thing in particular um, is, uh, is the Legal Eagles Club that uh, she's founded out of her school, which has which has run uh, a basically a, a a a symposium type law event every year for as long as i can remember with a you know a catered dinner and wonderful speakers like uh, i can remember kim um actually a personally approaching uh, Justice Stephen Gouge after, uh, you know, after one of our one of our sessions with him, and she got him. Uh, So, you know, good for her. And uh, congratulations to Kim. And it would be great if anybody uh, is inclined to come and uh, and help toast your colleague who's uh, who's done a wonderful job. So that's happening um, on on the evening of, uh, of August 26th as well.
1: Yeah, and for that one, we don't have a public registration system. So if you're interested in coming, all you have to do is email awards pre, which is written down in the bottom right of your screen there, at ogen.ca, just so we can get you on the list and and send you the link. But yeah, otherwise, what we have up here is um, the list of the remaining sessions um, and previous sessions for the Summer Law Institute. So tomorrow, we have a very, very exciting presentation coming from the folks at the Black Legal Action Center about anti-Black racism in the education system and some of the work that they've been doing around that. If you don't know the history of Black is a relatively recently founded uh, specialty community legal clinic that has a province-wide mandate to address the legal needs specifically of Black Ontarians. And so very topical, very relevant to what's going on today and probably of high interest to your students. Um, and of course, on Thursday, we'll be having the top five significant cases of the past year. So I'm just checking to see if we have any questions or any comments from the audience. I'm not seeing so far. Mostly people have just been sending very nice things in the chat. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot, Catherine. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Um, So on on that note, before we lose you for good, uh, we just want to also say thank you to the Law Foundation of Ontario. The Law Foundation is our core funder. It's the reason we can do everything that we do. It's the reason that we can offer things like this for free, which is very important to us. Um, And they broadly are supportive of so many important access to justice initiatives of which our work is is only a small part. Um, So we want to acknowledge them and thank you very much for their ongoing support of this entire event. Um, Oh, I've seen a question come through. Uh, so Nat, we have a question here uh, about when will the four modules on human rights be available on the urgent site? Uh,
0: so, okay, good. I'm on. Uh, so we are anticipating being able to roll these out in the fall of uh, of 2020. Um, so we, where we're at right now is that we have uh, begun graphic design uh, and uh, and translation. So there is a there is a fair amount of back and forth. Uh, if anybody has done graphic design work, there is just A lot of back and forth with little things that you notice and then don't and then notice and then don't but uh, our conversation with the OHRC has uh, emphasized the need to get this out uh, in in this term so uh, I think that for people who are teaching civics in this term of course I mean we don't know exactly what it's all going to look like do we Uh, and whether or not you're uh, sort of imagining teaching one of these courses that is you know, five weeks or something like that. But we are hoping, we're imagining a kind of standard civics, first term careers, you know, second semester uh, format and hoping to at least get some of those folks who are teaching the civics course um, in the first term. And uh, I should say as well, it will be on the OGEN website, but it will also be uh, co-hosted on OHRC's website um, in their sort of educator resources section and uh, I'll say as well that uh not quite at this point, but at some point, if people are interested in piloting it in practicing with it uh please get in touch with me and i'm not uh i'm not uh I, well i'm very amenable to uh letting uh, uh letting you have a run with it and see what you think
1: of it all right I think that seems to be it um so just one more thank you to everyone for attending it's it's so great to see people who return to these events year after year and are always interested in what's new and trying new things in the classroom. We, we really appreciate you guys and are so excited to show you every year what we've been working on. Um, so thanks for, thanks for your investment in, in our new resources. And as always, if there's anything we can do to support you now or as we get going in, in the semester, there's info at ogen.ca. You can find Nat's email directly on the staff portion of our site and reach out. Uh, you can find my email up there as well. Uh, we really are are here and wanna help connect you with whatever you need. So please don't feel shy about reaching out because um, we, we love to hear from you about all this kind of stuff. Nat, is there anything we should touch before nope, signing uh,
0: I'll just echo your thanks. Uh, it's been... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Well, and I'll also, you know, thank everybody uh, and and you, uh, Michelle, and everybody else who's actually done such a great job with this series. So I think you've done wonderfully. Um, But uh, to, to our audience, thank you for joining us. And please do get in touch with us whenever you whenever there's anything we can do to help.
1: Thanks, everyone.